It's wonderful to be here in Guernsey, and uh, despite the wind, and I have a very horrible meeting to go to on Tuesday afternoon, so if I'm still here on Wednesday morning, Father, I won't mind at all, although the rest of the island might be getting slightly perturbed by then. Uh, but it is lovely to be here, and it was lovely to be with so many people from here yesterday, thinking about the future of the church in this place. Um, and I think there were 21 of us, were there? Yes. 21 of us, which is fantastic. And, and a really brilliant number of people, and I really enjoyed being with you, so thank you for that. Um, and I used the title for the day yesterday, Growing the Church. And growing the church is something that churches all across the country, all across the world, need to do and think about doing. This is not something specific to this place. It's something for everybody to do. And I want us to think about it in two ways. And I want us to remember three phrases. So are you ready to learn some stuff off by heart? Nobody's nodding. <laughs> they, were, they were all nodding yesterday. I think it must be the wind. It's bit, so three phrases. Do not hold back. Really straightforward. It's right at the beginning. You might want to have a look at the beginning of the reading from um, Isaiah. Do not hold back. Second phrase. Right from the beginning of um, the reading from 1 Corinthians, slightly changing the order, just no lofty words. No lofty words. You see, it's so easy. And then from the beginning of the, Matthews, uh, the Matthew Gospel, you are salt of the earth. You are salt of the earth. So three simple things to remember when we think about growing the church. And at the end of the day yesterday, we came up with, or you came up with, lots of good ideas for thinking about ways to attract people to church, for getting them to stay when they came, and to making sure that we grow as a church. And I like to think of those ideas as, if you think of a cross, those ideas are the horizontal on the cross. The crossbar that is about growing outwards, growing outwards and drawing people in. But we also thought yesterday about the vertical, the growing closer to God, the growing upwards. Two ways of growing the church. And the important thing is you can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. Unless you are related to God, the bar will fall on the ground. Unless you've got something to tell people about, people will not be attracted to church and to the gospel. And that's not about us just as a whole community, but it's about each single one of us. What is my relationship to God? What is your relationship to God like? When people see you, do they think, I'd like to go to that church. There must be something really interesting there. What do we have to tell people about Jesus Christ? And I showed everyone a picture yesterday, so I brought that picture today, and Bridget has said she's going to help me with this. Um, so Bridget, if you can come out, thank you very much with your nativity hoodie on. I'd have worn a hoodie if I'd known, hoodies were in, there we are. So if you walk back, no, walk that way, not backwards, there we are. So this is a picture that is used in lots of schools for the teaching of RE. Um, and it's a story that we all think we know quite well. It's a story that's in one book, 
And that book is the Bible. Bridget at that end has got the book of Genesis in her hands. Nice, lots of colours. It's a garden. Everything is going well. God has made things. And then it turns a bit dark, gets a bit grey. Sorry, choir. I should have asked you to come down or something, but uh, some of you saw it yesterday. I think most of you saw it yesterday, actually. And then we have the prophets here, the world going a bit wrong. And God sends his son to be born and to die on the cross for us, to bring us new life, the new life of Pentecost, of the kingdom of God. But we have to live in this world here. These are the letters from the apostles helping us to live in this slightly grey, dark world sometimes here. Because God promises that one day there will be the book of Revelation, the new earth, the new heaven, everything made new, and the dead will rise and all will live again. One simple story that we can tell people. Thank you very much, Bridget. Shall we give Bridget a round of applause? She did well there. You wrote it up for me. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> that didn't involve very much effort, but thank you very much anyway. So what can you and I do to grow the church vertically in ourselves and horizontally for other people? And that's really quite simple, and you'll have heard this over and over again. It's about saying our prayers and about having a relationship with Jesus. I brought um, this picture with me, um, which is a very old picture, and it shows Jesus and one of his disciples, and Jesus has his hand around his disciple's shoulder. I wonder if you could just put your one hand on one shoulder, just feel that on one shoulder. To have somebody put their hand on your shoulder is a lovely, warm, gentle thing to do. That's what Jesus wants us to feel when we pray to him. He wants us to feel his presence, to believe his presence, to know his presence, and to know that he is our friend. Just think in your head when you last felt Jesus' touch in your life. When you last felt the presence of Jesus as you said your prayers. Was it last night? Wonderful. The lady here, you should be stood up doing this nodding her head or was it Wednesday or was it last month or last year or 10 years ago or never Jesus wants us to feel that presence so that we can tell people about feeling that presence of Jesus in our lives because if we haven't got that to tell them they won't want to come to church but we need to do more than that we need to be able to tell the story of that picture we need to be able to tell them what Jesus has done for us, what difference he's made in our lives. That's what salt does, isn't it? It makes a difference. You put it in and things taste more. They are tastier until you put too much in. And there's a very simple prayer that I really want to recommend to you to use in your prayers. And there are thousands of prayer books. Father Stewart's got hundreds of prayer books on his bookshelves. They're all great books. I've got hundreds of prayer books on my shelves. There are thousands of books of prayers. And they're full of beautiful, stunning words and lovely, moving images. But I want to recommend a prayer that some of you will know quite well. It's in the Book of Common Prayer. It's also in common worship and in all of that as well. 
And sometimes it doesn't feel like a prayer, and sometimes it doesn't feel very moving or very stimulating or interesting, but it's a really important prayer because it's the prayer that tells that story. I wonder if anybody's guessed what prayer it is. It's the Apostles' Creed. Used to, when Anglicans prayed morning and evening prayer, we used to say the Apostles' Creed every morning and every evening, twice a day, every single day. And it's a really simple prayer. Do you remember the second phrase that I asked you to remember? Who's got that in their head? Don't hold back is the first one. No lofty words. Well, the lovely thing about the prayer that we're talking about, that I'm talking about, is that it hasn't got lofty words in. They're really quite simple. I believe in God. I believe in God. The Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, that end of the picture, winds and storms, everything. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. We're in the middle of that picture. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, of course, people have written acres of theology about those words. But you don't need to know them. You just need to know those words and to really mean in your heart, I believe. So that when you are out there doing those wonderful activities and all of the things that were thought about yesterday, and people say, why do you go to church? You can put it in no lofty words. I believe in God. He made everything. He made me. He made the planet. He made everything that exists. I believe in God who loves me. I believe in God who loved me enough to be born like you and like me, a human being. I believe in God who, even more than that, when he was born, when he was a human being, died for me. I believe in God because he needed to die for me because I can't do this without him. I believe in God who sends his Holy Spirit, who creates the church, who at the end of everything will come and judge us and love us and bring us back from the dead. Children in church schools were surveyed last year about what church schools in the whole of England teach them that's important. And lots of things were there. But the thing that was missing, they said, was we don't get talk about death. Children said that. Don't we believe it enough that people will die, but God will raise us up again? That the dead we've lost will rise again, the people we loved will rise again, and that we will rise with them. I believe in God. It's quite simple, really. If we can deepen our faith and be converted and changed, that is the thing that will draw people to the church more than anything else. I visit hundreds of churches. I preached in 79 different churches last year. If I keep moving, they won't catch up with me. And I've seen all sorts of projects which attract two or three people, four or five people, six or seven people. And then some of those projects are fabulous projects. But the real loss in our culture is the loss of faith. 
of really believing those words of the creed, of knowing them off by heart, of saying them twice a day. The Lord's Prayer and the Creed, twice a day. If you could do that, it would change your life. And then when you're in the shop or in Sainsbury's or talking to somebody, Waitrose, isn't it, on the, on the island? Sorry, no Sainsbury's. Waitrose. It sounds so posh, I can't afford to go to Waitrose. When you're in Waitrose and somebody says, oh, my husband died, my wife died, my child died, you've got some message for them, some faith for them. It says, shout out. Well, we're Anglicans, we won't do much shouting, but don't hold back. When there's an opportunity to talk about Jesus, use that opportunity. Why can't you come to the whatever it is because I'm at a church event, because I love going to church. Invite people to come. If everybody here brought one person, somebody said yesterday, we'd double the congregation by this time next year. Don't hold back. And what are you going to tell them? What is it that you're not holding back? No lofty words. Just a simple, I believe it. I think it's true. I experience it in my prayer because I feel Jesus' hand on my shoulder. And we are salt of the earth. We will change the world when we do those things. Amen.